What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, right? Is it Wednesday? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's Wednesday, August 16th, 2017. You guys listening to episode 319. Guys, I uh, hope everybody's doing well. hope everybody uh, has been good in between shows. Um, this has been an uh, insanely nutty, wild week, um, and it is finally over, and it is coming, uh, and I'm still you know, kind of coming down from it today um, and this week. Um, no more traveling for a while, no more planes, no more car services, no more airports. Um, no more late night drives, and uh, I gotta tell you, I am excited to take some time off here. Uh, you guys are listening to episode 319, like I said. Um, I have a lot of stuff, obviously, to talk about and uh, get you guys caught up on. Uh, I am sorry for any delays with the show, but guys, but uh, things in my life have just been so fucking unbelievably hectic. All good things. Um, amazing things, uh, things that I've only dreamed about, uh, shot the special Sunday night in Terrytown, two shows, and it was, um, it was just wild, it was wild to say the least, it was wild until about 3.30 in the morning, it got, it got crazy, and, uh, I cannot even thank, uh, you guys enough, so I do want to talk about that, um, just a whole bunch of shit that I want to talk about, um, stuff that's going on in the world, which I, uh, you know, haven't even been able to really concentrate on or see what's going on because I've been so uh, busy. But um, we're going to talk about that. And um, we're just going to have a good show. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be, in your car, at your cubicle, okay, at work, driving home, giving you guys this one um, on uh, Wednesday the 16th, so uh, earlier in the week. And uh, I know, I know, it's been uh, delayed and absolutely uh, fucking nuts from um, the last week. But uh, I trust me when I tell you the stories that I'm about to give you, and um, the inside scoop on the special, what was going on behind the scenes, what was going on during the show, what was going on everywhere. I will definitely. Um, am I kicking my dog? Yes. I thought I felt something warm and fuzzy by my feet, and I was kicking my wolf, Lloydy. Sorry, Lloyd. Um, but yeah, I will give you guys uh, some inside scoop stuff and we will talk. But first, of course, the Verzi Effect podcast has to. Has to shout out the sponsors. Chassis. Chassis, premier body powder for men. Man care for down there. Um, unbelievable product, guys. Uh, Chassis for men is a powder for men to put on their... Um, on their balls, that's right, and it'll make your balls drier, it's uh, completely natural, there is no uh, parabens, there is no aluminum, there is no um, menthol, okay, there is no talc, this is a completely, completely natural, fine powder that is just has unbelievable technology to just keep uh, keep everything down there dry, I am a user, and uh, I love it, I know you guys will love it too, um, if you, especially in the summer, I don't know if you sweat down there, but there is, you know, this product makes absolutely um, no sweating, no chafing, no odor, nothing like that. You will just have um, nicely scented, very soft testicles, if uh, we're going to put it in medical terms. 
and um, you will absolutely love it. We did a, a video. Me and um, Fred McGriff talked about it, which you could get on um, Twitter. You could also search that on um, YouTube. And um, they also did Kenny Main and Fred McGriff talked about this product. This product is next level. They kind of did a parody of Fred McGriff's old Tom Amansky video uh, of, of this product, which is great. But, uh, yeah, it is a unbelievable revolutionary product that I think is blowing up and I got people from all over telling me that they're using it so um, use it too I know you guys will like it you can get it at chassisformen.com you could get it on Amazon they also have um, some some lotions they have the the pre-shower um, primer that you put on before you put on the it's just it's just unbelievable and uh, I know you guys will like it so guys please Go out there and get, and, and thank you all who reached out because all these people are reaching out going, Paul, like the funniest thing is I got fans going, hey, great show the other night. By the way, thanks for the chassis uh, info. I got chassis and my balls have never felt better. I'm getting that from all over, from people all over the country. So please check it out. You could get it at chassisformen.com or Amazon. Please check out that amazing, amazing product. Also, guys, All Things Comedy. Go to All Things Comedy for your favorite podcasts, albums, Okay, they're putting out television shows soon. Content is coming. Their new website is launching soon. It's going to be amazing. All right, and you could follow them on Twitter at All Things Comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com. They are really blowing up, and that's who did my special. And City Living Dog, guys. Go to City Living Dog and Coach Mike. Check out his videos on Facebook, um, on his amazing YouTube channel, all of his social media, Instagram, Twitter. He's uh, amazing, amazing with dogs. He's in the New England uh, area, Coach Mike and City Living Dog. If you're having any issues, reach out to him. He's been doing this with dogs for a very long time, and you could tell him that the Verzi Effect and Paul Verzi sent you. Uh, he's very easy to work with. He knows dogs, and uh, I know you guys will love it, so check that out. So uh, there you go, Chassis, City Living Dog, and um, All Things Comedy. And speaking of All Things Comedy, what I obviously have to talk about at the top of this show and maybe for a while. I actually had an in-depth interview about it the night after for the uh, One Man Podcast with Josh Williams out there in Canada. So please check that out. I know you guys will love that podcast because I've done many of them uh, where I was a guest being interviewed. And I don't know if it is Josh's brilliance. Oh, Joshy! Or, I know he's laughing somewhere in Ottawa right now. Or uh, if it was a combination of him asking me the right questions and me being so just, I mean, it was so fresh in the mind of what happened, but, um, I have to obviously talk about, uh, about the same thing here. Um, Sunday night was a night guys that I've waited for, um, you know, that I dreamed about probably since whenever Eddie Murphy raw came out, which I believe was 1987. So I was um, nine years old, nine or ten years old when uh, Eddie Murphy Raw came out, and uh, you know it just—it was just something that you always it was like, imagine if that could be me, you know, imagine that. And then you know, being kind of funny and telling stories in school, and people like you know seeing that, and you know thinking, ah, one day imagine I did stand up, and then feeling like amazing when I did an open mic or did stand up saying, Oh, I stood on the same stage and did what these guys did. And I did stuff like that. And then to, and then to just, you know, stand on, on a special where there's all this staff and there's a director and a line producer and an executive producer 
and there's you know jib mics and there's all these I mean jib cameras all these cameras everywhere and it's just this thousands and thousands and thousands of dollar production and they got the stage the way that I wanted it you know I'm the one that chooses the color of the stage so I was like you know everybody kind of does blue I was like let's go like a nice traditional red but not too much and, and just all these different things and then there's makeup people and there's catering in the back and it was just um I you know it was surreal and I remember before the first show I did two I did a seven and I did a nine thirty before the first show, you're just sitting back there and something hits you where you're like, I've worked so hard for so many years for moments like this, you know, and and it's there and it's fucking nuts. And the only thing that I could, the only thing that I could imagine it being like is if like you were a, a baseball player or a football player and like your dream was to be in the Super Bowl or the World Series and then now you're on deck ready to get in the batter's box in the World Series. Like, it, it was just, it really was um, honestly surreal. Um, I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't completely stressful because it was stressful. Not because of nerves and not because you don't, not because you're, you're worried about what you're going to do. It's, it's almost everything else. It's people coming up to you and people wanting the tickets and people finding out about the, you know, wanting to know where the after party is and people asking you, do you need anything? And, you know, just, you could see the nerves with other people and you're just standing there and the wait and the wait. And I know comics hate to wait. I had to be at that theater at like three o'clock in the afternoon. So I had to wait four hours before the first show and the first show had to start a little late. So by the time I'm going, you know, it's almost like five hours and it's just weighing on you and weighing on you. And what was crazy to me was when I went out for the first show, and, and this is something that a lot of people don't know, but when you do a special in a theater, it's pretty much lit up in the theater. Where when I do a theater, which is a regular show, for example, if I just was going to a theater tonight to do a show, just, ah, oh, the so-and-so, let's even use the Terrytown Music Hall. So if I just had, was booked tonight, yeah, you're doing a Wednesday night at the Terrytown Music Hall, and I'm not shooting anything there, it's dark, the crowd is dark, there's a spotlight on me, and I do my show. Here, since there's cameras and things need to be seen and they're trying to get the audience, it was kind of lit up a little bit. And um, it, was, it was crazy. It was, it was crazy to see. I didn't realize, um, you know, certain things like the lighting, how that was going to be. It was hot as shit in there. I don't sweat a lot. And like towards the end of the show, I was sweating a ton. Um, you know, I just had to learn the lay of the land. But, um, you know, it went... It went, you know, everybody seemed to really like the first show. I got off and people were like, man, you know, my agent was like, man, that was great. You got it. But I knew that there was a second show. Now I knew how the lighting was going to be. Now I just kind of had the lay of the land. You know, I knew exactly what to expect, exactly how the stage was going to be. I knew where the cameras were going to be. Even though I, the first show, the cameras weren't an issue either. It's just like I knew the lay of the land, and, and, and that's the best way to describe it. I knew that I was going to see some fucking people's heads up in the balcony. I knew that it was going to be light down low. I knew that there, you know, would be people maybe in the crowd that I had, you know, recognized or whatever. You know, even just silhouettes of them, but, you oh, man, maybe that's, maybe that's that person. Um, and when I got out there for the second show, I kind of had like, I would say not like a chip on, yeah, maybe a little chip on my shoulder because... People told me how much they liked the first one. And if you were at any show, guys, honestly, anybody listening to this, if you were at the Terrytown Music Hall for the 7 or the 9.30, uh, from the bottom of my heart, 
Thank you so much for being a part of that night. Thank you so much for being a part of my dream. Thank you so much for, for contributing to that. And, and most importantly, filling that theater twice. Um, I recently today saw some of the pictures of lines out the door and around the block, and, and I could not believe what I was seeing. So um, for those people to come out and show love like that for me was, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's no words. It's, um, it's just incredible, and I'm very, very thankful and honored and um, humbled, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, so when I got off the first one, I knew that there was a couple things I missed. Not many, and nobody noticed, but there was a couple things that I missed. And I, I went in the back, and this is some inside stuff that I'll give you. I go in the back, and everybody's like, man, you did it. That was great. You got it. You did it. And I'm like, no, no, wait till the next one. Like the next one, now I know the lay of the land, and I'm going to come out. And, um, and the second one, uh, yeah, the second one, I just hit some things that I didn't hit on the first one. And, uh, I just kind of felt, you know, I kind of even, even like understanding the temperature and how much I move on stage and how hot I was going to be. I was kind of, you know, trying as much as I can to, to deal with that. Um, what happens is in these like 113 year old theaters, which the Terrytown Music Hall is, it's, it's an old, old theater. They can have the air conditioning pumped up. You know, they could have the air conditioning pumped up while people are online and when people are sitting, but they have to turn it off before the show starts. Otherwise, you'll hear humming. You'll hear, you know, you'll hear, um, you'll hear, the, I guess, the, the air system. So they had to turn it off. And that was definitely something that I have to think about. So, you know, um, but anyway, uh, both shows were, were amazing uh, and it was just fantastic. And um, I don't even know. At the very end of the second show, when I got, when I, you know, said goodnight, um, and I was exhausted, and I remember when Chris Rock did Bigger and Blacker, he did something that I remember my stepfather pointed out, and I never thought about it, but he walked in the back, and he sat down in the green room, and his brother was there, and my stepfather goes, look how exhausted he is, he's, he's spent, he's done, and I was literally like the last 20 minutes of my hour on the second show, I'm going, holy shit, man, I'm working, you know, I'm sweating, it's hard to, to get through this right now, but I love it, this is surreal, and I was having a good set, so everything was going great, and I'm just like, man, you better suck it up, and, you know, and, and, you know, so, like, I remember, like, the second show, I was having so much fun, like, the first 30, 35 minutes, everything was going great, and then all of a sudden, like, the last 20, I'm going, man, this is, uh, it's hot in here, and then when it was all done, you got like that second win before your last bit, and you're like, let's go out, let's fucking go out in a blaze of glory here, and you, uh, you know, you say your last joke, and um, the last joke was received so well, and then when I said goodnight, and um, everybody in the, you know, everybody in the theater stood up and went crazy, um, I just stared at it for a second, and I just couldn't believe, I just was like, it was just so surreal, and then I walked off stage, and I hugged James, who was coming out afterwards, and then Bill and Pete were there, and I'm hugging those guys. And uh, it was just um, a night that I'll never forget. And it was, you know, the, the stress and the emotions turned into pure bliss. And then I have to, 100%, I have to shout out um, Barley on the Hudson. And, um, you know, we did an after party at Barley on Hudson, which is right near the train station in Terrytown which worked out perfect because people that were taking the train were able to hop on the train. But we, um, we partied hard, man. 
It was amazing. Shout out to the owner. Shout out to Barley on Hudson. If you guys are ever in the Westchester area and want to have a drink on the Hudson River, Barley on Hudson is one of the greatest places you could go to. They stayed open all night for us. We were, it was Bobby Kelly had these Cubans. It was just amazing. And and that was the other thing, man. Like the amount of people that showed up, you just never even believe. Like I'm standing in my, I'm standing in like the, the way, the, the dressing rooms area and like just the biggest agents in the world and television executives. And then my boy, Bobby Kelly comes in and my boy, Giannis Pappas comes in and Maureen Tarrant from True TV popped in. And then Sal Vacano, my boy from Impractical Jokers, he came in and he showed so much love. And we just, it was just fucking surreal. And then it's time for the showtime and everybody just goes, all right, we're going to go get our seats. And then they all go out and they all get their seats. And um, uh, it was, it was relief. It was bliss. It was, it was surreal. It was all of those things that you would imagine that it would be. And at the end of the day, guys, I have to thank Pete Davidson for being the first person to say, I want to be a part of this, I want to direct it, or I want to executive produce it. And then for Bill Burr to come in after uh, the first uh, plans to do my special fell through, Bill Burr came in and he was like, I'm putting my name on this thing and all things comedy. Also, Al Madrigal and all things comedy for having me be the first special that they produce is one of the most amazing, humbling things. So thank you to them. Just thank you to everybody who came out. I honestly can't say it enough from the bottom of my heart. Just thank you, you know. Um, somebody said to me, they're like, man, you didn't act like, fuck these people, this is my night. You didn't act like that. No, no, no. Because it might be my night, you know, to do my special, but it's everybody's night because everybody contributed and I'm not there on that stage without the love. Uh, like we said, um, for the people at the second show, you heard it, but for the people at the first show, when the second show was over, uh, I was completely overwhelmed by the standing ovation and I walked off and then they were, as I walked off, they're like, aren't you, you know, you're going to go back out there. They want you back. And I walked out there and I grabbed the microphone and I kind of gave what you would like a quick speech, almost like a toast speech, but I gave a little speech and I just said, you know, about how I didn't do the first one because of, of bullshit. And, you know, these guys love, basically love, seriously, as corny as it sounds, these guys came in and were like, we're doing this and where do you want to do it? This is where you want to do it? Well, this is where we're going to do it. And it ended up being there and it was, uh, it was incredible. So... I would say uh, to anybody that was there, I can't thank you enough. And I want to thank Stephen Fine Arts. I want to thank Matthew Schuler. I want to thank everybody else. I want to thank Oscar at All Things Comedy. I want to thank uh, Joe Gonzalez. I want to thank, um, you know, Joe Bartnick for coming in and, and giving up a gig. Joe Bartnick gave up like a ton of money to come and see me, and he came from Maine. Uh, my buddy Joe Gonzalez, um, you know, he threw his hat in the ring for this uh, project as well. And um, it was just amazing. And then they get me this barrel. They all get me this barrel um, that has my name. It says Paul Verzi, uh, TV special, um, Terrytown Music Hall, August 13th, 2017. And it had like this really amazing rare bourbon in it. And it was just um, really special. My wife, my beautiful wife, Stacy, showed up uh, before the first show. And she gives me something I wanted. As you guys know, as I'm getting older, in uh, as I'm getting older, the uh, Italian, older Italian Greek man is coming out, and I said I wanted a gold chain. 
So she shows up and she gives me this piece of jewelry. She gives me a gold chain. People giving me uh, bottles of booze, which was hilarious. And uh, while I'm at this, and I know, guys, you're listening to this, and but I have to do this, you know. I, I have to do this, and I have to thank everybody. Don't worry. There's going to be an unacceptable. Don't worry. I'm going to get to your writing and all that stuff. But I have to do this because uh, it would be an absolute crime and sin if I didn't. But all the comedy clubs, all of the comedy clubs that put me up on their stage and let me work, all of the, of the comedy clubs that, you know, can't, you know, were amazing to me. Um, in Cincinnati, at the, the Funny Bone in Liberty, the Stand Up Live in Phoenix. I know I'm going to forget somebody, but, uh, you know, the um, hilarities in Cleveland, the Montreal Comedy Festival, the comedy scene in Boston, um, just everywhere, Long Island, Governors, McGuire's. By the way, shout out, seriously, shout out to the amazing owners and staff, the amazing Okay, at, at Governors and uh, Maguire's. They put me on stage. Uh, Jimmy was the best. And then I worked with his son, James, at, at, at Maguire's. They're just class acts. Then they give, they give me a bottle and they said, you're having a big night tomorrow. This is for you. Enjoy it. They were nice. They were talking about the act. Just the best, the best, classiest people. So, and, and, and I'll tell any comedian, man, if you go, you get treated right. And it's an amazing time. And it's, it's what comedy is all about. So... Thank you to everybody. And Crystal Stark, what can I say? You know, Andrew Russell, my agent, for getting me those dates. And Crystal Stark, my manager, uh, for absolutely um, saving my hour, quite frankly. You know, me and Crystal started working together um, not too long ago. I mean, we've known each other for a while, but she did something that she saw something in a contract and she saved my hour. And uh, for that, I cannot thank you enough. Um, you worked unbelievably tirelessly on this thing. So everybody involved, uh, just thank you so much. It, it's, it's amazing. I hope you guys enjoy the, the final product. I will be letting you guys know where it will air, where you guys will see it. A lot of things are happening now. So, uh, I'm on vacation, everybody. That's right. I was, after I was doing the special, I thought I was going to be done till like the end of August, like the very end of August. And I told somebody that I would come out to Gotham and do a show. So I did that show last night. But now, now I am off. I am off the clock. I am, I am clocking out of comedy. And it is time to be with my beautiful, amazing family. We got a house on the ocean in Jersey. I'm going to be sitting down there in LBI, chilling out on the ocean, going to dinner, enjoying the water, and enjoying my family who uh, basically, you know, didn't really have their dad around for a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, that's my unacceptable uh, is the way that as great as this job is, um, you know, my unacceptable this week is how much dad had to be away. And uh, I know some people are like, Paul, that's not unacceptable. That's your job. Yes, it is my job. But you know what? My kids need me and, uh, and I need my kids. And I am, um, I'm home now and I'm going to be with them and everything like that. As far as other unacceptables, there was, uh, there was a couple, man. I don't want see somebody may listen to this that knows there was just a couple of people in the business that annoyed the shit out of me, um, recently, you know, I just hate and, but, but it, they're in the business, so I can't talk about it. So, um, whatever, I'll just say that, uh. When you're hosting a show, and you know what? No, you know I'm not gonna. I can't do it, guys. I can't do it. I can't shit on a pier. 
I can't shit. On, I haven't shit on a peer up to this point on my show, and I'm not gonna shit on a peer now. I can't. So I'll just say unacceptable was how much I've been away from my family in the last couple of months. But acceptable is that I took some time off, and Daddy's gonna be home, rocking his gold fucking chain. All right, walking around the house. Um, <laughs> dude, I love gold chains. I'm getting gaudy and shit. No, it's not overly. It's not overly done. But um. You know what was crazy was seeing the amount of people. Oh, boy. Oh, we got some unacceptables. You know, I'm going to get into this. Yeah, seeing the amount of people that, that came out to that show was was really special. Um, so that's it. And now we work for another couple years and get the next one out. Uh, let's see here. Guys, I'm not going to be able to do the long ones. So if you did write a long one, I'm just not going to be able to do them. I am sorry. We're already getting late in the show. I know I took a lot of time thanking people, but I just wanted to let you guys know. Um, you know, hard work pays off and dreams come true. And there is a sacrifice and it's stressful and it's beautiful all at the same time. Okay, here we go. Mac, Max Ostrowski. Max. Max Ostrowski, I think. Traveling unacceptable. Hey, Paul. So I'm in uh, uh, Luxembourg, okay, right now, which is uh, primarily a French-speaking country. Uh, Of course, almost everybody speaks at least two to three languages, sometimes four, but French is one of the main ones. Today, I needed to buy some uh, contact solution for my lenses, and I went to the store to get some. For whatever reason, you have to go to the drugstores to buy things like this, and almost everything is kept behind the counter, so you need to interact with somebody in order to get what you need. Uh, I studied a little French, so I confidently order what I need, pay, and um, I'm out the door, only to get back to my apartment, okay, to realize that I bought lube, sex lube, for fucking. I love... <laughs> I love how you wrote, I bought lube, sex lube for fucking. Like, I didn't know. Like, it would have been fine at lube. But then you said sex lube, and then you said for fucking. Thank you uh, so much <laughs> for that, Max. I, I think I fucking had it. Um, of course, I had to go back and explain what I actually needed. One of the most embarrassing interactions of my life, the guy who rang me up um, initially must have been proud of me because he thought I was getting some ass. But really, I'm an idiot and had to have another cashier or woman do the exchange, which was another level of embarrassing. Hashtag unacceptable. It's fun to try and speak the local language until you fuck up and buy lube instead of contact solution. That's a great one. That's a great one. And I love how you were confident in your French. You're like, oh, I'm going to knock this shit out of the park. I'm going to give them a little hoo and I'm going to get my fucking contact solution. And instead, you just got this thing that had like a lubed up dick on the back and like a vagina waiting. I don't even know. And you just get home like, what the fuck is this? Uh, okay. Thank you for that. Here we go. This one is from D. And D said, hey, Paul, first off, congrats on the special. Looking forward to watching it. Uh, so I live in Chicago. And I've been dating a girl for a few months. She's got everything I'm looking for in a woman and more. And we became extremely close pretty quickly. Anyway, she's been uh, going. uh, She was going to be in L.A. for a conference a couple of weeks ago and decided to stay over the next weekend. She asked me, uh, wouldn't it be fun if you flew out 
and we went to Disneyland together. I responded with looking at tickets right now. She said, I was hoping you would say that. It was coming up on my birthday, so uh, I justified it by uh, saying it was a present to myself. So I did it. I flew halfway across the country to go to Disneyland with this girl. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't even know how this is going to go, but I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm into it now. It's like a movie now, uh, D. Uh, Disneyland with this girl, uh, and it went pretty close to perfect. The Haunted Mansion ride broke down for a few minutes while we were on it, and she was all over me until they fixed it. The place definitely has a magic to it uh, if you're the right person, okay? At the end of the day, she couldn't stop talking about how great I made her feel and how much she appreciated me flying out to see her. We flew back to Chicago the next day, and I was happy with the direction the relationship was headed in. Oh, boy. So that Tuesday, I meet up with her, and pretty bluntly, uh, she asks me, could you explain your theology? That's pretty vague question. So I start to try to explain my concept of God and honestly don't uh, do a great job. Uh, that's not something I talk about every day. We talk uh, for about 10 minutes about that. And then she says, yeah, I don't see this working out. You are really a very good person, but it seems like you are a good person because you want to be, uh, you are a good person. Hold on a second. Let me read this again. Yeah, I don't see this working out. You are a really, a very, okay, you messed up, I think, the writing there. A very good person, but it seems like you are a good person because you want to be a good person, not because you want to glorify God. Hum, what? Okay. Uh, mind you, uh, this is two days before my birthday and two days after I had flown across the country to see her at her request. Uh, I can live with being uh, dumped for Jesus. I get it. I believe in God and I am Christian, but I haven't always been the most devout person. Fair enough. But having somebody fly across the country for you, telling them that you care for them deeply and then breaking up with them out of the blue right before their birthday is unacceptable. Uh, either ask them about Jesus before they go uh, do something crazy or at least let them have a good birthday. Anyways, thanks for the laugh, sir. Sorry for the length. Wow. That was, no, man, that was good. That was, that was really good. Um, that's weird. And I, I don't understand. I feel like if two people like each other, you got you could get through that. Like I could sit down with somebody and if I have a belief and their belief is different but we like each other, I don't understand why you you know people can't understand where people see things and then if you like each other enough, maybe you can meet each other halfway. I, that just seems crazy and to break up with you like that after you did that is definitely unacceptable. I'll give you that one and that was great. Thank you so much for um, for writing into the show. Uh, this is from Adam, jerking off before bed. All right, this should be fun. Hey, Paul, it's completely unacceptable and yet also fucking hilarious listening to the uh, bagger and cashier at Trader Joe's argue about whether or not it's necessary to jerk off before you go to bed while they ring me out <laughs> and bag my food. It's like, guys, that's my produce you're touching. Can you not put that image in my head? <laughs> Congrats on the special Adam from D.C. That's hilarious. 
guys putting in like hot sauce and like, you know, seriously, I mean, I like a good, I like to crank one out before, you know, I crank one out and, you know, go to bed. Oh uh, yeah, that'll be uh, 1970. Um, okay, this is from Ryan and Ryan uh, says, shit parents, couple of weeks, uh, I'm sorry, couple walks, hold on a second, let me make the font a little bigger here, oh, am I getting older, my eyes getting bad, here we go. Where are we on time? Let's see that. Let's see that. All right. We're doing good. We're doing good, everybody. All right. Uh, Shit parents. Couple walks into a deli. Sounds like the beginning of a joke. Uh, I work at with their 10-year-old son who entered after them and was wearing a big headset and playing a video game on a tablet. Really? If this poor kid can't even leave the house without playing the video games, I can only imagine his dope parents limiting how much he plays at home. His eyes didn't come off the screen once in the two hours they sat there. Wow. Not only that, but they also let him sit at his own table so he could continue to play the game on the tablet while he ate. And they bought him a bottle of Coke to go along with the dog shit cold cut sandwich they got him. He seemed to like, uh, he seemed like he was possibly a little autistic. So that uh, process shit uh, you're feeding him is, yeah, it's awful. Yeah, dude, that's uh, him is just what he needs. Nice job, shitheads. Uh, what was even shittier was how they acted toward him. They did not acknowledge him once the entire time. Normal people sit down, eat with their kids, and interact with them and make it a good experience to go out and enjoy a meal with the family. Not these fucks. These people talked about boring adult shit the whole time with no humor at all and couldn't have been more distant to their kid. Uh, When he gets older, uh, they'll be wondering why he can't get a date. It's because his father is a schmuck. I'm so thankful my parents didn't raise me like this. Too bad there's nothing to stop dopes from having kids. Unacceptable. Um, Well, you know, maybe he does have, I would say this. I know some people who have children that are autistic and they are good parents and they do let them go off and watch, you know, play some games. I don't know if it puts them in a good place, but I do hear what you're saying. Two hours while you're eating, not putting it down, not looking away from the tablet. It's not good. It's not something I would do with my kids. Um, Thank you so much for the, um, thank you so much for the uh, submission. Here we go. Um, Terrytown Music Hall from Justin. Sitting there in Terrytown at 9.55 waiting for the 9.30 show to start. Unacceptable. LOL. Just kidding, man. Can't wait for the show to start. Drove up. Oh, okay. Drove from Baltimore. Well, thank you so much. Um, and you wrote back. And you said, uh, Hey, Verzi, I got something for you that might rival the Shakespeare of shit. Um, oh, no. That's not a follow-up. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get back to that. After. Okay. Um, let me see here. Here we go. Uh, hey, Paul, hope this makes it before you record. This is unacceptable from Brett. Hope this makes it before you record. But I'd like to give a cosign uh, of your sponsorship to City Living Dog and Coach Mike. He just left my house this morning. Wow. After training my six, uh, six-month-old golden retriever, and I couldn't be happier or pleased with the results, even after just one session. Totally acceptable. Uh, now I'm going to go order some chassis. There you go. 
uh, to keep my balls nice and dry while I take my newly trained pup for hikes. Thanks for the laughs uh, and the referral to Coach Mike. Can't wait for the special. Best regards, Brett. Brett, thank you so much. You will not be in bad hands. Like I said, you are on good hands with Coach Mike, and your balls will be in good shape with uh, Chassis. So there you have it. Good for you. Thank you so much for writing. Here we go. Let's get through these. Uh, oh, yeah, I do remember. I do remember. Here we go. This is from uh, Nick. You're special and an unacceptable. Oh, boy. Here we go. Hey, Paul, I don't know if you remember me, but my friend, girlfriend, and myself came and saw you at Governor's back in March and met you after the show where you killed it. We came up to you after the show, and I told you that I am a Patreon subscriber for TVE, and you asked my name, and I told you. Uh, you then said that you remember my name since... Uh, since I was one of the first handful of people to subscribe. My friend Brian is also a huge fan and listens to your podcast, not Patreon, though. That's when you told us that you would give us a shout-out on TVE. Uh, this is where the unacceptable comes in. I was actually pretty excited to hear you shout us out. Oh, my God, I totally fucking remember that now. Nick, my apologies. And you know what? That'll be my unacceptable for this. Hold on. And I'm glad you're calling me out on it. Hold on. Pretty excited to progress. Waited a week for the next one to come out. Uh, that's when you shouted out my friend and forgot my name. I remember that. And he must have been talking shit, Nick. Like, yeah, fuck you. He remembered me. I do remember that, dude. And I do remember you coming up to me at Terrytown. Um, thank you so much, dude, for that. And uh, I'm sorry about that. My friend has yet to let me live this down. I know, I know. Since you said you remember, <laughs> since you said you remembered my name that night and then only shouted out his on TV. That's how my brain works. I was like, what, you're Nick? Well, your friend's Brian. All right, I'll probably remember Nick, definitely. I'll try to get to Brian and then whatever. And then I get to fucking Brian if that's what, you know, what his name was. Um, uh, anyway, uh, uh, remembered my name that night and then only shouted out him on TV. Don't lock you up in a cage, <laughs> though, since you probably had a bunch of people come up to you after your shows that week. Also, all three of us will be uh, in Terrytown for the second show. Can't wait to see. Oh, yeah, you were there already. So um, I actually saw you at the show. Uh, can't wait to see you live again. I know you killed. Thank you so much, Nick. And I see the picture here. Thank you so much. And um, I saw you there, and I'm glad you waited in the theater to, uh, to say what's, what's up. Um, here we go. The one, the only, Kelly Meyer. Uh, this is not long at all. IBS unacceptable. Real short. From the Shakespeare of shit himself, Kelly. Kelly, I was going to tell you, I, I guess you left. I wanted you to come to the after party. I know you guys probably, I saw you in the crowd. I believe I saw you in the crowd to the right of the stage. And um, thank you so much for coming to New York. Thank you so much for coming to the show. And, um, you know, you're one of the best uh, fans that I have, one of the best listeners that I have. So thank you so much. And Kelly says, um, well, it finally happened. After 10 years of force feeding her thousands of burritos, greasy burgers, and mountains of cheese, I finally broke the shitter in the warehouse at work. I'm just thankful that it was able to flush one last time to dispose <laughs> of the monstrosity I left behind. I fed her a mixture of pork chops, mashed potatoes, and corn and beer cheese soup. Her last name <laughs> was, was a hearty one. Her last meal was a hearty one. Hashtag unacceptable. Then he sends me 
a picture of the toilet with two pieces of white duct tape crossed over it. And it says, broken, plumber coming on the 10th. Thanks thanks a lot, Kelly. And then there's a picture of a monkey wrench laying next to it. Oh, that's great, Kelly. Good for you. You know, you sent her off the right way. Uh, Here we go. Let's go here. Um, This is ah, Shaheen. Says, thanks for fucking up my name, probably. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, you pride of Trenton-ass motherfucker. What's up? I can't wait for this special to come out, sir. Congratulations. I hope you have a lot of fun doing it. First off, I genuinely hope your cunty cat Stanley, I think that's his name, is doing well because that's all that matters. Uh, Now, Verzi. I need your thoughts on something. Uh, uh, what do you think about really fat people who make their kids really fat too? Okay? Like, don't get me wrong. I love myself some wings or burritos and all that jazz, but I do force myself to run at least three miles a day. So I... What? What? So a day, so I die at the age, so I die at age thirty. You run three miles a day, dude. That's crazy. I'm currently at a burrito place, and this fat fuck of a dad, probably six three, five hundred pounds, brought his fat son, probably eight years old, and five hundred pounds, uh, and a, and one hundred and fifty pounds, and the dad proceeded to break a chair by sitting on it. Oh my god, dude. Uh, but instead of saying sorry, he reached, he reacted by laughing and all the, and all his interaction with the store manager was a shrug followed by happens, happens. Yeah. Does that mean, yeah, happens like, does this mean he breaks chairs consistently? Fuck. I feel sorry for his couch. Uh, well now to the real unacceptable, the kid who is basically forced, uh, also to be really fat like his dad against his will. If you are eight year old who is fat, I do not blame it on the eight year old because all an eight year old wants are like ice cream sandwiches for every meal. It is up to the parents to not let the kid uh, to not let the kid uh, to become a fat fuck and manage the kid's diet by giving the kid food that doesn't make uh, that does not make them a fat fuck. Um, yeah, I kind of have to agree with that. Let's see what else you got. But having a father or a mother who stuffs super burritos uh, down their kids' throats for lunch every day doesn't give the kid a chance to be healthy and is throwing away years of their child's lives, of their children's lives. Unacceptable on the father for feeding this kid so badly to become 150 pounds at age 8 or 9 or whatever. Lock the dad up in a cage that's just uh, <laughs> that just has water beds as its surface because that would be a hilarious image to see him struggle. <laughs> By the way, uh, the two ordered two super burritos and a serving of nacho fries that could feed all of San Francisco twice. God bless Verzi. Um, Paul Verzi is a bad hashtag. Hashtag Paul Verzi is a bad motherfucker. Well. Uh, Shaheen, Shaheen, Shah Salabi. Here we go. Shaheen. All right, this is for everybody. 
I want you guys to know this man's name right. I say Shaheen. It's S-H-A-H-E-E-N. Thank you for the submission, sir. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate the kind words. This one is from Dr. J. Oh, do I remember Dr. J. Dr. J is a very funny comedian in Connecticut who made me laugh my ass off, okay? And I love, I, I thought he was great. Unacceptable. Paul, enjoyed the double dose of TVE last week. Thanks for the laughs. All my best for next Sunday. I'm looking forward to the eventual release of this well-deserved comedy special. Well, thank you so much, Jay. Um, quick unacceptable. Uh, I'm out uh, behind a titty bar. <laughs> I'm out behind a titty bar having a smoke, and a dancer comes up and asks for a cigarette. Being the gentleman I am, I hand her a smoke, and she walks away. Less than a minute later, I see her walking back to the establishment with another fella, and she tosses the, and she tosses the smoke I gave her with three <laughs> quarters of it left. Unacceptable. If you're going to bum a smoke off of somebody, at least have the decency to finish it. I'm not saying you have to suck it down to the filter, but come on, Jesus. I look forward to seeing you once the special is taped. And life settles down a bit for you. All the best to uh, to you, the family, uh, and Lloyd, the Wolfhound. Go Yankees. Yeah, and Jay, I'm going to Yankees-Mets tomorrow with my wife, my buddy Giannis, and his girl. And uh, it's actually going to be the first time I go to City Field because I'm a Yankee fan and I never want to stand foot where the Mets play. But we were like, wouldn't it be fun to go see the Yankees at City Field? And that's where they're playing, so we're going to that. But I hope you're doing well, my friend, and I think you are super, super funny. And um, I also gave you advice about your intro, and I wonder if you ever took that advice. Let's talk about that next time that I see you. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, Here we go. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Let's see here. This is, let's see, this one. Oh, you guys are killing me with these long ones. You guys are fucking killing me. Well, how much time do we have left here? I may have to leave the line. Ah, shit. I'm going to try to get through this. Let me see. What do I have? Two left? Guys, all seriousness. I know you want to write me and I want to I wanna read it. I can't read. I can't fucking read five paragraphs. I just can't. The listeners need to get... I need to keep the show going. I totally appreciate the love. Um, anyway, this one's from Daniel. Oh, no. This... No, no, no. Hold on. The Dan, that's not the Daniel one. Oh my God! What now? I just fucked up, and I got to do all this shit here. All right. Kevin says one of my best friends is 27 years old and has never had a job. Uh, a little long, but it's a must. Please read on show. All right, Kevin. I'm gonna read this because I like you and you listen. This has got to be the last fucking long one like this. Here we go. Uh, but I know you always write in, and you're a great listener, so I'm half fucking around. But come on, dude. Uh, A little long, but it's a must. Here we go. I've been meaning to submit for years, finally getting around to it. I've seen you. Oh, maybe I've seen you on other social medias, and I think I've seen you on um, Twitter before, but this is your first. Okay. Finally getting around to it. One of my best friends is 27 years old and has never, yes, never had a job. There was one summer where he worked with his uncle for two weeks doing some contracting work, and then he either quit or got fired by his uncle. 99% sure he quit. Let's call him Anthony. 
he spent seven years in college and used that as an excuse to not get a job, as if uh, it's impossible to work part-time while getting a psychology degree. Bullshit. I got a psych degree while working 30 hours a week, and it was an absolute joke. Pretty sure that's the most college students do. School, work, then get hammered on weekends. But not, no, not Anthony. He was so focused on his degree that he only went to school. Uh, somehow, it st- uh, somehow it still took seven years to obtain a four-year degree. Uh, something doesn't add up here. Anyways, Anthony finally graduates well over a year ago uh, and has still never had a job interview. His family is not super rich or anything, but his mom just doesn't push him to get a job. Uh, I know what you're thinking. He must be uh, full-blown special needs. Nope, not mentally challenged or physically handicapped in any way. He plays sports with us and does normal guy stuff. He's been pretty intelligent and has a high (laughs) social awareness. What the fuck, right? It's actually kind of funny, and I want to, like, this is kind of hilarious. This fucking guy is just skating through life at almost 30 without doing a fucking thing. Maybe he's smarter than everybody. Let's see. He has a car and is on a small weekly allowance provided by his mom. (laughs) He's extremely sexually frustrated all the time, but never gets chicks. He is a decent looking guy and is funny to talk to. So the main reason for not getting chicks is simply because he's never at bars or anything like that. Uh, Even if he does uh, rally up his pennies and go out for a beer one night, what... What is he going to do if he talks to a chick? Uh, the starting point for any strange uh, stranger conversation is always, uh, what do you do with your life? <laughs> any girl worth talking to would be extremely turned off once finding out a mid-20s decent-looking male has never had a job. Uh, oh, my God. This is like a, you know what, dude? This sounds like a fucking, um, this sounds like a, like a sitcom. Um, here's the most frustrating part, Paul. Anthony is in denial about life. He tries justifying his situation by saying shit like, none of my friends have real jobs. One of our buddies is a banquet manager at a five-star wedding venue in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. One friend is a commercial building manager, and I'm a pharmaceutical sales rep, uh, company car and everything. Fucking baller shit for a 24-year-old shithead like myself. But Anthony says, those are all dumb jobs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like this guy, Anthony. This is fucking hilarious. He, believe, <laughs> he believes a real job is a doctor, professor, or researcher. Yeah, the bullshit American college system really cashed in on this douche. Um, we have a really, really close group of friends. We all shit on each other pretty much, uh, uh, pretty hard daily. The go on roast for Anthony is always get a job. Not going to lie, it's pretty fucking hilarious. It is very hilarious. No matter what he says, just pull in out, get a job is the ultimate trump card. There is uh, no comeback. Someone says get a job and all 10 of us burst out laughing. Uh, Bust out laughing. The dickhead has it made. No college debt, no bills, great family and friends. I've explained to him that once he gets a job, the bitches will come flocking. He will have a ton of money and go out whenever he wants, and his social life will get better tenfold. 
Sometimes I think he would be the perfect hitman considering he has never paid a tax in his life and the U.S. government probably doesn't even know he exists. Anyway, Paul, please roast this asshole. You have full permission to go uh, in as hard as you'd like. Um, we all know it is in good fun and I think uh, could also serve as a wake-up call. He does like stand-up comedy, however... Uh, he did not join you. Uh, he did not join you in seeing Verzi. Oh, he didn't join. I guess he was gonna say didn't join you guys uh, at the comedy connection the past few years because his tight budget doesn't allow it. He is not a podcast listener uh, as it doesn't fit in his daily schedule of doing nothing. But we will probably make him listen to this episode. Uh, maybe your words of wisdom will be a wake-up call that he needs to get a job. Literally any job. Home Depot is more than enough. Thanks, Paul. Love the show. Sincerely, the boys. Well, here we go. And I got to say this, Kevin. I don't know. Listen. Ah, I don't know if this guy... Is there another reason? If there's no... Listen. If there's no underlying reason why this guy doesn't have a job, it is either one of the funniest things... It's so hilarious that this guy is capable, educated, has a degree, all right, you know, went to school and does that and is just getting an allowance from his mother at 30 years old. It's amazing. Now, I'm going to say this, and I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to kind of try to get a little deeper here, and I'm going to read into this a little bit, and maybe I'm fucking nuts, but maybe, what if this, and you didn't mention this in the thing, so I don't know. But what if his mother has an issue with him leaving? His mother needs him there. His mother is telling him because, and here's my philosophy on this, okay? Maybe I'm nuts or maybe I'm brilliant. Maybe I'm looking at this like a detective. Maybe he's lazy and I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But here's my theory or here's a theory I'll throw out there for this. All right, you ready, everybody? This is the Paul Bursey reading between the lines that I'm going to try to do my best at. And I'm either way off and fucking wrong, which I'll take, but there's a lot of science here to this. There's a lot of science here to this. Let's break this shit down. Let's break this down. He's getting an allowance from his mom, but he's 27 years old. He hasn't had a real job yet, okay? He doesn't go out, okay? Now, if I'm, if I'm a detective, I'm writing all this down, right? What are you going to say? Doesn't go out. Doesn't really date that much, okay? He's tight with his money, while getting an allowance from his mother, mother not pushing him. You know what this means to me? The mother needs him home for some reason, and that's what maybe you guys aren't getting. Now, I'm not trying to put Lazy Anthony, I'm not, I'm not trying to give Lazy Anthony a, um, a pass here. All right, if Lazy Anthony, if get a job Anthony is not, is just basically coasting and doing this, but I think, the real problem here is that Anthony, someone in Anthony's family needs him. His mother needs him. Maybe there's something going on nobody knows about. Uh, this would be really awkward if all you guys listened to this together and Anthony just was like looking at you guys like, fuck, now it's out. I don't want to be like that, but that, that's what I think. Because a 27-year-old man not going out a lot, not going out to comedy shows, not going out to bars, not picking up chicks, not... Um, you know, not, you know, who knows, who knows, but staying home a lot and, you know, not, you know, and I don't know, it just seems to me maybe uh, there's, there's something else and maybe somebody needs him. So 
Um, that that was you know, or I'm just nuts and I'm giving him a pass, but I don't think so. But I will say it's fucking hilarious that the guy does does nothing and doesn't work, and he's like, nah, I'm not. Why would I get a job? Listen, if I'm not a brain surgeon, I'm not going to work. I mean, I, I, listen, I need. If I'm not a doctor, I'm not going to make a hundred grand somewhere else. I find that absolutely hilarious. Uh, thank you so much for the submission. Um, are we, are we done? Hold on. Five days. That's a fifth. I got to see. Did I? Um, okay. Unacceptable. My nose will never be the same from Bart. This might be the last one, guys. I think it is. Um, don't worry. I'll give you guys a long show. You know, we'll get a long Versi effect here. I had to catch up with everybody. This is from Bart. I haven't had a Bart before, but this is might be new. Ready? Hey, Paul. Got turned on to you by Burr. I figured any uh, I figured anyone he loved that much had to be hilarious, and he's right. Love the podcast, and please keep it coming. Uh, I'll keep this as short as possible. My unacceptable happened in Comac, New York, about a month ago. Uh, you are from New York, so I am sure you are familiar with the area of Mid-Long Island. Uh, uh, this area, the area of Mid-Long Island. Okay? Who the fuck is calling me from Washington, D.C.? This is an unacceptable. You ready? This is going to be some, like, business. Watch. I'm going to put this on speaker. This is bullshit. Ready? It's a 202 number from Washington, D.C. Here we go. Hello? Yes, hello. From the One Minute Survey team at Indie Surveys, could I speak to Paul Mercy, please? Oh, this is for a survey? No, that's fine. I was actually looking to do it. I was actually looking forward to doing a survey um, while I'm doing my podcast. Is this Paul Hersey? This is no, it's not Paul. It's this Paul Verzi, not Hersey. Verzi. I'm sorry. But I'm <laughs> no worries. Your I'm totally messing with okay, you. No I'm worries. <laughs> okay, this will only take a few minutes of your time, sir. In November of 2018, there will be elections for the United States Congress and other offices, even though it's a long way away. If the election for the United States Congress was held today, would you vote for the Republican or the Democratic candidate? You know, I would probably vote for, I mean, which one do you, in your honest opinion, okay? In your honest opinion. Okay. Which one do you think? I don't have. What? I don't have, I don't have any opinion, sir. <laughs> Well, wait. You're calling me about my. You're calling me about my opinion. You don't have one. No, sir. I don't. This you, is just a survey. We're not allowed to have any opinions. All right. Here's what I think. Which one of those candidates okay. you just mentioned? Which one do you think would like eliminate any country that? Like, I want to go with whoever's going to eliminate any country that even blinks at us wrong. <laughs> well, I can't answer that. I, I, like I said, I don't. Say Democratic, Republican, or would you say you're undecided right now, sir? You know, I like to go with the hotheads. To be honest, whichever one you think is a hothead, like is the is the is the congressman that's Republican? Is he nuts? I don't. Again, I don't have any opinion about that, sir. I'm asking you um, if the election for Congress was held today, would you vote for the Democratic, Republican, or you would be undecided right now, or other? Uh, 
You know, I'd have to go under because I like a guy with the quick trigger finger, you know? So I'd have to see whoever else was there. Uh, who, who's, who? Donald Trump. That's the congressman from where? Donald Trump is our president right now. Oh, oh, Donald Trump is our president right now. Oh, you know what? I've been so busy. I've been so busy. I haven't even, I haven't even known. So I, you know, I guess, I don't know. Is he, was he a hothead or? Well, wow, that was a lot. That was a lot of questions. I mean, that was a lot of answer potential. So I have favorable other. Options, yeah. yeah. So wait, can you can you do the options again? So wait a minute. Very so so very favorable, unfavorable, not good looking, good looking. What was the third one? Well, no, I would definitely say that. Oh, and, and if you're talking about his looks, I would say the 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 hair. He's the one that got like it looks like he's got a fox on his head. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. So are you are you neither favorably nor unfavorable? I I would say I'm are just you like neutral. I'm I'm neutral, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Now, when thinking about the way Donald Trump is handling his job as president. You know, I golf like every day. So I honestly, by the time I come home, I'm so tired, you know, because I'm trying to crack 80. And I got to tell you, it's a, it's a, it's a bitch. Excuse my language. Cracking 80 is tough. So, you know, I, I literally, I'm out the door and I'm playing golf all day. So when I come home, I don't even know what this guy's doing, you know? Um, I have, I am, I'm, I have the, whatever the highest is I have. Obtain master's, PhD, or other professional degree? Like, whatever's higher than a doctor. <laughs> okay, all right, okay, thank you. And for statistical purposes only, what year were you born, sir? I was born, um, in 1978. Okay, that's 1978, correct? Yeah, I think I, uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Now, um, I, I just have a couple more questions, sir, we'll be done. Which of the following best describes how many times you checked your Facebook account yesterday? Um, zero times, once or twice, three I, to ten, I ten mean, to twenty, twenty or more times? You know, it's tough on the golf course, so I'll, uh, right. you know, you know, maybe real quick or whatever, you know, I'm just hoping, you know, my wife's not posting anything bad about me, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you would check it just, would you say, once or twice? Yeah, maybe that. Okay. Now, regardless of how many times you checked Facebook, um, 
yesterday. Which of the following best describes the longest amount of time you spent on there? Oh, uh, you know what, ma'am? I'm so, ma'am. I'm sorry. My dog. Say one minute. No, my dog just took a giant dump on my kitchen floor, and I really have to run. Oh, I just had one more que- one more question, sir. Would you say less than a minute, one to five minutes, in one setting? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Whatever, uh, yeah, I guess so. You, yeah, there you go. You could put that down, but this thing is starting to stink okay. up the joint. I gotta run. Okay, I understand. Thanks for your time, sir. Yeah. Have a great night. <laughs> there you go. Good. She deserved that. She, <laughs> she, she deserved that. <laughs> oh God. There you go, TV listeners. That is the first time in the history of my show something unbelievably organic that was I mean I promise you I promise you that was not planned obviously it's not planned you heard that that was from Washington DC and I was just going to make it an unacceptable because I thought it was going to be hi this is your local so-and-so and the fact that it was a live person we just got to have fun with that which is absolutely fucking amazing so I hope you guys enjoyed that thinking back I'm like oh my god dude I, there was other things I could have said but I was just in the moment oh dude that was fucking funny for me um, all right, I hope you guys enjoyed that. So here, here, okay, so let me finish this unacceptable, and then we'll go on to sports and movies and stuff, and I'll get you guys out of here. But that, there you go, everybody. Huh? There you go. See? Another host, some other hosts wouldn't have fucking thrived in that situation. But we had to make it funny. All right, here we go. Let's get back to Bart. Okay, so... Your unacceptable happened in Comac, New York, about a month ago. You're from New York. You're sure you're familiar with the Mid-Long uh, mid Island. Yes, I was recently there. Not exactly Westchester, but I go there for work about four to six times a year. I was there last month and usually go to this little Italian place called Emilio's, which is fantastic, old school Italian. But they were so busy, I went to a sports bar nearby where I could watch some baseball, have a scotch and a burger. Uh, It was Bar Louie. You can say the name or not. Anyways, I order the burger and I'm sitting there enjoying my drink and minding my own business. Right about the time the food comes, these two, let's just say foreign guys, sit down right next to me, even though there are plenty of seats to spread out uh, to spread out at the bar. Uh, I know I sound like a cunt complaining about somebody sitting next to me at the bar, but normally I uh, wouldn't mind. However, these two guys had on so much fucking cologne that I couldn't even taste my burger. It was unbelievably overpowering, and they were dressed like the Hungarian brothers from SNL, both on uh, both on gray suit pants, uh, with these god awful. I think you're saying with said wolf wolf with these god awful pointy brown leather shoes with pilgrim belt buckles on them. One had a pink dress shirt and the other a purple one. Wow. Uh, Both with enough gold jewelry uh, in the form of rings, bracelets, and necklace to make one of the Kardashians blush. The cologne was so strong that it was inescapable, and I was too far into the meal to pick up and move. These guys were talking to each other loudly with thick Indian accents and gesturing wildly as they spoke. Uh, They tried... Unsuccessfully to strike up conversations with every girl that walked by and were uh, generally uh, insufferable and rude and demanding with the bartender. Not only that, but they would leave every couple of minutes to go outside and smoke fucking cigarettes. So when they came back in the cologne, 
uh, in the cologne was combined with a thick, smoky smell that I could not fully describe here. To make matters worse, the guy closest to me kept bumping into my arm as he talked to, oh God, that's the worst, to his friend. After about the third time, I stared at him wide-eyed like, dude, what the fuck? And he said, oh, I'm so sorry, very, very sorry. I'm very, uh, uh, I am very animate <laughs> when I talk to my friend. Uh, they uh, would have been hilarious to watch had a fucking stench of cologne not ruined my whole meal. The worst part of the whole ordeal was that when I got back into my car uh, and to the hotel, all I could smell was these guys. The smell had lodged in my nostrils. Uh, and it was like I had a couple of smoky fucking urinal cakes taped up my head, uh, uh, taped to my head, and I couldn't get rid of it. After two showers and scrubbed and rinsed my arm where the one guy had brushed up against me, I started to think nothing short of a skin graft would get rid of the smell. It had uh, per- uh, uh, permeated my clothes and... Uh, I was sure I would have to complain. I would have to complain to my wife why my clothes... Jesus Christ, Paul. I'm sure I would have to explain to my wife why my clothes uh, stank like a Persian. <laughs> Bizarre. Uh, when I got home. Lock these uh, guys in a cage full of three feet of swamp mud and make them stay there forever. Thanks again for the podcast and best of luck with the special. Well, thank you so much. Um... Let me see. And this was, what's today? The 60th. Yeah. So I think I'm done. All right. That's it, everybody. If I missed you, resend it. And please, sometimes some fall through the cracks and I do miss. If that happened, hit me up and be like, Paul, you missed mine and I will definitely read it. And please, guys, for the love of God, don't write me books. I know you got to get it out there. Try to fucking abbreviate it a little bit. It'll make the show flow. And I really, really want, I'm trying to do everything in my power to make you guys get all of them in. Um, that was it. I know that was long, guys. We're an hour and 10 minutes in. But guess what? That just means you got more TVE. You got more show. And you got a completely fucking organic prank call uh, up until this point. Uh, you guys are listening to episode 319 of the Verzi Effect podcast. Um, and uh, here we go. What do we got to talk? Oh, by the way, we were watching old sketches of Key and Peel. Now, some of you guys know the humor that I like. I like over-the-top, literal, crazy humor. I like, you know, I am... Sometimes, obviously, I do very silly stuff. Sometimes I do stories with deep stuff. But for me to laugh, I love shit like, you know, airplane and naked gun and literal, over-the-top, goofy, funny, silly shit. It just gets me... Like, my fate. Like, airplane is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my fucking life. The naked guns are just, it's just, I love shit like that. Zucker Brothers shit. So Key and Peel, if you guys didn't see the Key and Peel hat sketch, just YouTube Key and Peel hat, hat sketch. And I was, we were crying laughing. And at one point in the green rooms, when me, Bill and Pete were in the green rooms, we were just uh, watching this uh, sketch and we were crying laughing. It's so funny. You got to check that out. As far as Yankee games, I'm going tomorrow. Yes. We are going tomorrow to City Field. I've never been to City Field. I went to Shea one time, I believe in 1997. And now I'm going to go to City Field in 2017. Uh, so 20 years later. 
Every 20 years, I hit up a Mets, a Mets but the Yankees are there, so we're going to check that out. That's going to be awesome. Um, we saw a game in uh, we saw a game in Cleveland, which was great. Aaron Judge hit a home run there, and you know, sucks that the Red Sox beat us uh, and we blew a save. We could have won the series. That sucks. But um, yeah, man, I'm getting ready. NFL's coming. I think the Giants are going to be really good next week. I'll start talking about what I think the Giants will be and start doing some football, like little football predictions. Uh, as far as movies, nothing. No movies, everybody. I just have not been... I've been so running around, flying everywhere, doing everything, and now I got some time to go to the movies, to hang with the family, and to relax for a couple of weeks and uh, until I get back in and start working on the new hour. Um, so there's been no movies. And what else? What else? What are we, an hour in? Yeah, like, I, I don't even have shows to plug. Well, I will. I have to do one show uh, to plug. September 29th, me... Giannis Pappas, a couple of other comedians, are going to be at the Borgata. That's right, the Borgata Hotel and Casino in the big showroom, showroom place, the big showroom down there in New Jersey on Friday, September 29th. So if you have nothing to do and you want to come out and see a great show and you're in the area... Why don't you and the girlfriends come down to Jersey? We could go to the Borgata and see a comedy show. That's right. Me, Giannis, a couple of other people. Uh, shout out to Steve Mazzilli who's going to come down. You guys could come and check that out. And uh, that's pretty much... And then, I'm, you know, I'm adding dates. to be running around the city, obviously, to stand New York Comedy Club, stand-up New York. Um, you know, just running around, working out some, uh, some new bits. And uh, that's pretty much it for the plugs, but... Yeah, guys, this is uh, this has been a wild run. This has been an, an exhausting, exhausting, wild run, and uh, I was sick too, like a couple of days before. My stomach was everything was just. I caught a bug, and people were going, "Dude, maybe you're just nervous, and maybe it's emotions." And I was like, "No, I pretty much know when I'm nervous and I have emotions. Like I remember some of the big shows." You're obviously like, you always get, you know, I've done, you know, some big shows where, no, I was like, something is wrong. And then luckily, luckily the bug went through me and it was like literally like 20 hours before my show and it got out of me and I just got energy the night before the show and I felt great. So that worked. So, um, I am going to go on a date night with my wife. That's right. I'm going to, you know, see, she's going to probably try to take advantage of me. That's right. If my mother-in-law is listening. I want it to be as awkward for her as possible because I will always hang over her head that she was not at my fucking special, Kim. No, I'm kidding. My um, my mother-in-law has been... My mother-in-law has actually, in all seriousness, my mother-in-law, Kim, has probably been to maybe more shows of mine than maybe almost anybody. Like, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, maybe almost anybody. If I think about it... I mean, my older brother Christian traveled with me a ton for years. Um, my wife goes to the big ones. She usually goes to the very big ones. Um, but my mother-in-law has, has, has seen me grow a ton and been there. And she actually has my kids down on vacation at the beach. And th it just came in when, I, when th this got scheduled. So it was kind of weird almost and ironic that 
out of the all the things that she's ever been to, she saw more than anybody. And then the biggest one, she was there. And I said something to her, like, wish you were there. And she was like, yeah, well, the, you know, it's the only thing. The only thing that I would come over that would be your, you know, your kids, the kids. And I said, uh, I get that. I get that. But uh, hopefully she will be seeing the final product uh, in the you know confines of her own home, watching, uh, watching it. And that's... Um, you know, that would be really cool, too. We're going to have a viewing party. So if we have a viewing party, you're going to come. But here's the thing. Um, I don't think I'm watching it. People are going to watch it. No, I'm not going to watch it. I lived it. I did it. Once it's done editing and I know what it's going to be, I'm going to maybe poke my head in. But if I have a viewing party, I'm going to be out on the patio uh, while people are inside. I don't want to watch myself. I, I don't think at all. But um, anyway, guys, we're an hour and 15 here. I got to wrap this puppy up. This has been TVE. 319. Again, go dry your balls. Chassisformen.com. Amazon. Go get the best powder a man could have. Man care for down there. Premium powder. Chassis. Okay. Go check out Coach Mike. Have him take care of your dog. City living dog. Okay. And all things comedy. Check them out. Go Google them. City living dog. All things comedy. Chassis for men. Go get that powder. You guys have been amazing. Thank every single person listening to this that is a Patreon subscriber. Oh, and you're going to get another dose of that. Thank everybody uh, who came to all of those shows, especially this last run. Delaware, Phoenix, okay? Montreal Comedy Festival, Boston, Cleveland, Long Island, um, New York City, everywhere. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making that line around the fucking block. Thank you for filling that theater twice. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for all the support over the years. I hope when this thing comes out, you guys all see it, enjoy it, and love it. And um, that's it. Until episode 320, I will talk to you guys soon. Take care.